Hi, I'm Liz from Liz Gets Loaded. That's the money kind of loaded, but this is the show where I sit in my closet, drink wine, and talk about money and anxiety. I have both. Hey, hey, this is a Thursday episode, what I like to call a mixed drinks episode. So rather than focusing on one topic, I jump around, usually three or four topics. Today, I have nine. Don't get too worried. I posted a question box on Instagram maybe two or three hours ago and said, hey, I'm going to record a podcast tonight. Ask me anything and I will answer. And it is quite the potpourri of questions. And I'm just going to answer them in order as they are. And uh, we'll see. This is going to be an experiment. We will see if this makes for good content or not. You tell me. All right. Question number one, your tips for a non-meat healthy lifestyle foods, oh, go-to foods that get you enough iron and protein. Uh, my answer is beans, beans, and beans. I eat a lot of beans. I love chili, vegetarian chili made with like lots of beans and veggies. Sometimes fake meat crumbles, sometimes not. I eat a ton of eggs. And I also eat like a lot of peanut butter on bread. So yeah, it's not very exciting. I feel like that's what all vegetarians eat. But anyways, question number two, what to do with office boredom and sleepiness every day? I get six plus hours of sleep. That is so interesting. I have not struggled with feeling bored at work in a very long time. Overwhelmed? Yes. Burnt out? Sometimes. But bored I is not one I go to often. But if you're feeling sleepy, one thing that came to mind was I love my walking pad. I've talked about this a ton. I have a little walking pad treadmill that I can slide under my desk and raise my desk up to a standing desk. And that really helps me feel energized. So that might be something to try or standing on a wobble board. If you don't have room for a treadmill desk, I hope that helps. Question number three, if you had an HTHP, a high deductible healthcare plan before and have an HSA from that, can you still contribute to your HSA if you were on a normal health plan now? No, you cannot. You have to be enrolled in a qualified high deductible healthcare plan in order to make contributions to your HSA. You can still use the money in that HSA. You can still use it. It's yours. It doesn't go away, but you can only put new money in while you're on that special kind of health plan. Question number four, emergency fund, three months, six months, or one year plus? And is this joint with your partner? I'm not sure if that's like, what do I recommend or what do I do? We have around, I just did math on this. Let me think. I think we have about seven months right now of living expenses, like normal living expenses, not bare bones or anything, just kind of not spending extravagantly, but call it average or a no big ticket item month sort of living expenses. And that's for the two of us. I actually have a really, I have a post I really love about emergency funds and I will link it in the show notes. It's just sort of like a quick and easy way to think about how many months you might want to have. And I like it. Hang on, let me write that down so I don't forget. Okay. One, two, three. Okay. Question number five. What's your favorite thing about the place you live? I love this house a lot. I fell in love with the bathtub, but I would say lately, I just really love sitting in the backyard. It's just getting to the time of year that it's nice to do that. And I love being able to sit outside and listen to the birds and read a book and relax. Oh, and I also, well, it's funny. So because it's, we're heading into summer, I would say the backyard, but in the winter it's the fireplace. So all right, let's see. Five. Question number six, white gold versus platinum engagement slash wedding ring worth the upgrade? Well, I have to tell you, I am 0% qualified to answer this. I just don't know anything about jewelry. Both of the rings that I wear, let's see, I'm like looking down at my hands. 
like, okay, these two, wait, this one's white gold. This one I actually don't know. And this one is, I wore a ring on my other hand that's yellow gold. I think, I don't know. I'm so sorry. I would base it on your personal preference and the qualities about them. I imagine one is more durable than the other one, but I don't know beyond that. I'm sorry. Okay. Question number seven, do you have pet insurance and what are your thoughts on pet insurance in general? I do not have pet insurance. I will never have pet insurance. The thing about insurance companies is their objective is to make money. Their objective is not to save you money. So while there are certainly instances where you buy insurance and then it ends up paying for itself because you end up having enough claims to come out ahead, it can't be the case that everyone comes out ahead or else the insurance company would go out of business. My general rule that I go by is I don't have insurance for things that I can afford. And so far I have had pets for a lot of years and I've always been able to afford all of the healthcare that they have needed. I've only gotten whacked by one big bill, <sighs> dental cleaning, teeth cleaning, man. <laughs> so expensive. And I think it was the end of last, no, not the end of last year, year before, year before that. I mean, I think we had like $8,000 <laughs> in medical expenses for the pets in within two months. But but beyond that, it's, it's not only been like, it's usually just a checkup that's maybe $150. Teeth cleanings before that were like $800. And I have an older pet now who has to have these checks every like six to nine months that are about $500. And those are big costs for sure. But it, I don't need to insure myself against them because I can afford to pay them. And so that's my overall rule for insurance. I don't buy insurance for things that I can afford. And that means the insurance I do have, I have the highest deductible possible because, you know, for example, I can't remember. I just updated my car insurance when I got a new car and I, oh, what was deductible? I don't remember. But let's just say as an example, I had the option to do $1,000 or $5,000. I'm always going to choose the $5,000 because I can afford a $5,000 emergency given like the financial position that I find myself in. I wouldn't be pumped about it. I would be really sad to have to pay a $5,000 deductible before my insurance paid for anything else, but it is something that I could afford to pay. And so I don't need to insure against that. I think I might even, let me look. I think I actually even have an episode about that. If I do, I will link it in the show notes. Good question. A lot of people love having pet insurance and, you know, it makes you happy and gives you peace of mind. I think the argument for it too is just not having to think about finances when you do end up in a very, very expensive situation. I had a, I knew someone a very, very, very long time ago who their dog was bitten by a snake, I think. And the vet bill ended up being like $14,000. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. I would have to, I would have to think really, you have to think hard, especially as your dog or cat starts to get older, like, well, how much longer are they going to live? You know, what's the cost benefit analysis of $14,000 versus, you know, if you think your pet might live another year versus five years versus 10 years. And so the, I think the argument for pet insurance is it just takes that out of the equation. But I think you also have to be really careful because there's a lot of plans that just actually don't cover very much. Because again, the goal of an insurance company is to make money. The goal of an insurance company, I, I think they would also like to help you, but the goal is not for you to come out ahead. Their goal is for them to come out ahead financially. So, okay. Question number eight, what do you know or think of anti-work girl boss? I had never heard of anti-work girl boss before I got this question, but I Googled anti-work girl boss and it looks like there's an Instagram account called anti-work girl boss. And it looks like a woman who talks about getting what she calls lazy girl jobs, which she describes as jobs where it's easy to quiet, quit, kind of do the minimum, or if you're very efficient, Maybe you can get the job done in a couple hours during the day and then chill out for the rest of the day, I guess. (laughs) And I think I'm probably not the target audience for that content. I have tried sort of quote unquote quiet quitting or doing less at work or downshifting, and I've just never been able to swing it. And I feel like sometimes saying something 
something like that. Just like, I like working. I like being busy. Sounds like some kind of weird and humble brag. And I don't mean it to be. I just, that is the way that I am wired. (laughs) And so that kind of content, again, it's just like, I'm not the target audience for it. It's not going to work for me. It's not something I want to do or that I'm particularly interested in. But if that is the kind of thing that you are interested in, then I think you should go check it out. It clearly resonates with a lot of people. Looks like, I I was looking at her on Instagram, but it looks like she said on TikTok, she has like 100,000 followers. So I think it's, it's really interesting seeing changing attitudes about the workplace and how some of those conversations are playing out online. And I remember, so I'm an, I'm an elder millennial and I remember being a younger millennial and reading a lot of articles and think pieces like, oh, like watch out boomers, here come millennials into the workforce. And now it's like, hey, millennials, like here comes Gen Z into the workforce. And I'm like, ooh, uh, maybe I'll just retire. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I think people in Gen Z are amazing. And I actually love how there's this whole narrative about how much millennials love Gen Z years. And zooming out, I actually think it's a little bit silly to paint millions and millions of people with a broad brush. Obviously, not all millennials are the same. Obviously, not all Gen Zers are the same. Gen X, boomers, et cetera, et cetera. But to answer your question, I looked at what was it called? Anti-work girl boss. And she seems great, but probably I'm, I don't think I'm her target audience. And last but not least, question number nine, is maxing out your 401k meeting the match or is it putting in 22,500? I feel like I hear both. I think I also hear both. When I say max out your 401k, I mean putting in 22,500. And when I mean getting the full match, I say getting the full match or maxing out the match. I wouldn't say max. When I think maxing out your 401k means making the maximum contribution to your 401k. You could say maxing the match, but it feels a lot more natural to me to say getting the full match. So as an example, if your employer matches 100% of 3% of your salary, then if you contribute 3%, you're getting the full match. If you contribute 10%, you're getting the full match, plus you're contributing on top of that. If you're contributing the 22,500, you know, presumably you're getting your full match and you're also maxing it out. But I mean, language is funny. I think a lot of the world's problems sometimes come from the fact that we use the same words to mean different things. And it's tricky. I feel like that's half my frustration at work sometimes. I'm like, wait, are we saying the same thing? Are we in violent agreement here? So, all right. Those were the nine questions. Definitely a potpourri. And thanks for asking them. Oh, wait, hang on. I just refreshed it and there was a brand new one. All right. So question number 10. Oh, I haven't even had a minute to think about this. What was a great money lesson from your parents and anything you would do differently? I have talked about this before. My parents, were really great about talking to me about budgeting and about saving. And I can't remember if it was 15 or 20% of every paycheck goes into savings. And I remember being like, every paycheck, like I'm 15. <laughs> Why do I need to save my paycheck? And they were like, every paycheck. I'm really big about not getting into debt, not using credit cards. And that was so lucky that they did that. And it really set me up for success in a lot of ways. Both of my parents had government pension retirement plans. So they didn't have... They didn't talk to me a lot about saving for my own retirement and investing. I mean, they said save 15 to 20% of every paycheck. I always interpreted that as like in cash. And so we never talked about 401ks or IRAs or investing in the stock market or even real estate or anything like that, really. So I don't know if I would do it differently, but it's like if I, I don't know if that's what the question was getting at. If I had children, which I do not, I would give them all of the really wonderful lessons that my parents gave me. And then I would also talk to them more about investing. Oh, actually also just to give my parents another like shout out because they're awesome. They also really demonstrated generosity to me and charitable giving and were really big and bullish on that. And I think that that set the expectation that that's normal. That's what you do. And, you know, you both from uh, giving to people who are less fortunate 
kind of way. And also reaching for the check when you're out with a group of people, like inviting people in for the holidays when they don't have somewhere to go, offering to just let someone have something that you have if it seems like they like it and they might need it and you don't really need it. So they gave me, they gave me a lot to work with. They did a good job. Well done, you two. <laughs> okay. Hang on. I'm going to refresh it one more time. Nope. That's it. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. And this was a new thing I haven't done before. So if you've got feedback for me, let me know. My favorite thing in the world is when I get a DM from someone who said, I listen to the podcast and I can relate or I agree or I disagree or you suck. Actually, I've never gotten any of those because you are just lovely and fantastic. But sometimes it does feel a little weird to sit in a room and talk to yourself. So it's nice to be reminded that there is someone listening on on the other end. And uh, if you really liked this, share with a friend, let them know what's up. Or if you don't like it, I always say that too. Like if you hate listen to this, if you just really don't like me and you listen to Roll Your Eyes, first of all, fair. I can't say that I've never done that, but hey, a listen is a listen. <laughs> and I'll take it either way. All right. I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. 